0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. They've done it. The Vikings have done it. They've extended a legacy player, a team captain, and fan favorite in maybe the biggest move of the offseason.
2: I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings, and I'm excited to put this whole hooker thing to bed.
0: Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Now 35 days until the NFL draft. Sorry, Sam. I'm committed to the bid at this point.
1: I guess we'll have to live with it for 35 more days. It's the crew today. Sam, Luke, and Luke on the Minnesota Football Party. Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. Welcome in everyone on a Thursday. It's the Minnesota football party today. I'm Sam Ekstrom. That's Luke. That's the other Luke. No Arif today. You can still shout out at him at, uh, at Arif Hasan NFL on Twitter. Let him know your opinions. Let him know how upset you are that he's not here today. Um, we'll, but we'll really roll get on it. with yeah. the three of us. Yeah, get in his mentions. He doesn't have enough chaos in there already. <laughs> Luke Braun is at Luke Braun NFL Luke Inman is at Luke underscore Spinman, and I'm at Sam Ekstrom. Always happy to talk on Twitter. This show is available on YouTube for free. Locked on Sports Minnesota. Subscribe to that channel and leave a comment below, if you could, on the video. Um, we're also free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more at FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash On to get started. On today's show, we've got some some minor Vikings moves that we can blow out of proportion. Brandon Powell, Troy Reader, and the CJ Ham extension that I cannot wait to talk about. Luke Braun is going to bring uh, Luke Inman down a peg about Hendon Hooker, bring me down a peg about Hendon Hooker. Um, this has been the topic of the week, gentlemen. I mean, this was Tuesday, Wednesday, and now Thursday. It's become... I think it's your every- fault. Every but article being written, I think, is is like subtweeting us, Luke Inman. Like every article I see is Andon Hooker is a bad idea for the Minnesota Vikings. I think Tyler Fornis actually wrote an article literally because of my opinion I had on Twitter. I, he did,
2: it absolutely <laughs> did. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and I did a show ex- yeah. because of you guys <laughs> on the, on this show on
0: Twitter. Butterfly effect, Sam.
1: Yeah. Hey, this is the content machine. That we generate in the offseason. This is how it, how it works. Um, so Luke and I will dig our heels in. Luke Braun will, will tell us why we're dumb. And we'll, uh, we'll get into that. So where do we begin? Do we begin with the much heralded CJ Ham extension? I think we have to. A two-year pact to keep him here, in theory, through 2025. <laughs> CJ Ham and Luke Braun, you tweeted it out. KOC's been Shanahan-pilled he's officially yep. been infected by by the Shanahan germ as he now doubles down on the tight ends and the fullback um CJ Ham coming back to the Vikings for at least a couple more years your thoughts
2: yeah and, and ron johnson says a similar thing you know they're trying to be more like the 49ers less by le, uh, less like the rams the the two offenses are very similar they have got the, the same dna same you know a lot of zone running play action that whole thing um, but I, I went over it a whole bunch on On Vikings, um, on the Thursday episode, today's episode, but in short, yeah, this is a more physical version of it and also a version of it that's a, a little bit more versatile, whereas the McVeigh version tried to be, uh, a little bit more consistent and a little bit more kind of, we're just going to be really, really good at like two things and just beat you with that. And you just, you just can't beat it. And that was you know, the 2018 McVay, 11 personnel all day, that kind of thing. That kind of felt like where the Vikings were trying to head. Um, But the run game was really inefficient and it really struggled. I think perhaps a lack of diversity in the run game was part of that problem. They kind of had their outside zone. They had their duo runs. They would go to inside zone in the red zone sometimes. And that was kind of (laughs) it. They didn't really have like, like a jet sweep every once in a while like that. They didn't have like a very robust playbook. It, but if you look at the Shanahan run playbook, that's a lot more. So it feels like that's their solve for that problem is we're going to, you know, bring in an extra tight end in Josh Oliver. We're going to, you know, keep doing the fullback thing. The 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 CJ Ham 21 personnel that switching to that in the middle of the Miami game. I don't think they win if they don't do that. And then that mm-hmm. same kind of principle, they boomed the Cardinals doing it. So it definitely had its equity as long as it's deployed at the right time. And there are times when you needed that like extra bit of beef. So that's kind of what they're going after, which I I think is really cool, but also ham ham. Now is he threatening Klein saucer for Epic
1: fullback? Close man. We're we're getting really close.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. the, The real old guys that they had Bill Brown, you know, your my generation grew up with Klein saucer. Now if you're younger Well the the full fan, the
1: fullback used to mean something totally different too. Like back in the day yeah. like at Met Stadium, the fullback is what we would now consider a running back. Like the fullback yeah, yeah, yeah. got as much work, just a totally different thing. And now it's yeah, now it's like, the Mike Allstott um stereotype.
2: Yeah, like Bill Brown was like that kind of workhorse, that dirty work kind of guy that like he would go out and block a whole bunch for Dave Osborne or then eventually Chuck Foreman, but you know, he was just this beloved dude. Also, he was completely insane. He would, like, pick off his scabs before the game to intimidate the other players, and, like, walk out, like, actively bleeding, Be like, come mess with me. Oh, my gosh.
1: Well, Inman, is this, is he turning uh, CJ Ham then into Kyle Juszczyk, who plays, like, of the snaps in San Francisco, or is that maybe a
0: little extreme? Probably a little extreme, although I mean, ham may be capable of it. I mean, if you're going to implement a fullback, not many better than him in the game right now, he's definitely earned the right to have a spot on this roster between all the things he can do on the offensive side of the ball. And then of course, special teams abilities as well. So We already lost Thielen. You can't lose both the Minnesota local legends in one offseason. And I know fans are really pumped to see him stay in Minnesota and hopefully finish out his career here.
1: No doubt about it. Um, I haven't seen the terms of the deal. Have you either, Luke?
0: I have not. Not yet.
1: Yeah, I, I would assume this cleared up a million or, or more in cap space this year mm-hmm. and then gave him some guaranteed down the road. I would guess this was a little cost cutting move for 2023 as well. So the Vikings, um, you know, they had to make room, obviously, for Brandon Powell and Troy Reader. Um, Braun, you were tweeting, hey, got to go Google who Brandon Powell is. I did the same. I think everybody arrived pretty quickly at the, the realization that, oh, yeah, this is the guy that housed the basically yeah, it's the, his only highlight the season <laughs> ceiling um punt return that Demolished the 2021 Minnesota Vikings. Other who who than did that, you
0: guys know less about, Powell or Reader? Because I'll be <laughs> honest, I remembered the Powell punt return. Reader, I, oh. I just, yeah, I know the name, but like I had to do some digging and do some Google searches of my own on Reader as well.
1: Yeah, couldn't I have remember. picked him out of a lineup next to Fran Tarkenton and the Purple People <laughs> Leaders, but I,
0: <laughs>
1: uh, um, I don't I don't I'm not inspired by either one. Let's put it that way. I mean they're both they're both gonna be a chopping block guys, I think, around sure. uh Definitely.
0: It seems like KOC added a little lightning bug to the mix, I guess if you will. Obviously a little connection there from his time in LA. I think just with feeling gone and guys like BC Johnson, a free agent, just the typical let's get some bodies in here for training camp, like we see every year, with the potential to maybe stick around as that fourth or fifth wide receiver next season. I watch him, I think maybe some jet sweeps or gadget plays. But more importantly, I think maybe it's given Jalen Rager some more stiff competition in the punt mm-hmm. return game. Don't think they were exactly enamored, to say the least, with what they got from Rager last year in that department. So just maybe doing their due diligence, making sure they got a backup plan in place and multiple options to get looks at, obviously, in training camp and preseason. And then maybe the other thing, too, is if Dalvin Cook is really gone next season and they plan on using Ken A a lot more in the running game, Maybe there's a thought to limit his kick return duties just a little bit more too and and having another reliable threat back there again just to give them some more options, kind of what he brings to the table. So that I would assume is kind of the thought process. But again, on the big scale, one to 10, probably about a two as far as the excitability.
1: Braun, honest to God question. Who is the wide receiver three and four at this point? Like, So we've got Jefferson one, Osborne two. Then your remaining options are Powell, Naylor, Tristan Jackson, um, Blake Prohl,
2: and did I say Rager yet? Jalen Rager, no, and Rager. So this ans- this question gets answered in camp. I bet if you asked Kevin O'Connell right now, he would be like, mm. "Um, yeah." And I think the if I were to predict that outcome. I mean, I think wide receiver three is not on the team yet. Or wide receiver three is either KJ Osborne or not on the team yet. That's a better way to put it. Uh, but if they had like a camp competition right now, I think Naylor wins it. And then Rager is number four. That would be my guess. Um, What
1: happened to Blake Proll? Was Blake Proll missing last year due, due to a different injury? That Because he, he he broke, he he busted his knee, right? Two camps ago. And what happened last year? Because Blake Proll was like the guy that everyone was talking about. Like there was all this. Steam the new Chad Beebe, right? Like the yeah. New... What happened last year?
2: Like, why, why can't I remember? Uh, I think he ended up. I don't think he ever got back.
1: Did he just miss two years with the same injury? He might have. Interesting. Because I, I don't remember him being on the field. I know he got hurt camp of 2021. Um, horrible injury, by the way. I literally I watched that about 50 feet away
2: awful oh Um,
1: oh man really he was in the chair like he was in the wheelchair for a long time foot was elevated leg was elevated it wasn't good so it wouldn't surprise me if he missed two years but digressing I thought Blake Proll was someone that actually could have risen the ranks don't know how he is post-injury all that to say the Vikings wide receiver room is not very robust at the moment Um, so someone like Brandon Powell at the moment probably sees a little bit of an opening um, to say that maybe they could make this roster, I did some digging into his punt return numbers other than the, the obvious touchdown against the Vikings, not very explosive. And in fact, super conservative as a punt catcher, like he calls for 50% fair catches. Which is a very, very high rate of fair catches. That's Ooh. the nerdy research that I did. What's most the guys standard?
0: Are, just, just while you're at it, what's the average?
1: Most just guys that I, I looked at, some of the top, you know, punt returners in the NFL, most of them are about two thirds of the punts they'll return. Okay. Um, and this guy's about fifty percent. So, not gonna blow you away, but I think he does
2: have speed. It's so, so I was I, like, you watch that uh, punt return against the Vikings. You're like, oh, look at this fast dude. And then I looked up he ran a four, five, nine at the combine. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, right. I was like, wait, wild. that can't be right. Did I look up, maybe I looked up the wrong Brandon Powell or something. Maybe there's a linebacker. <laughs> right. Uh, that that I looked up or something, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it'll be up to special teams. I think for him to make the team when all is said and done. Uh, and I think that's something, I don't know. O'Connell was. Right there in 2021, watching him be good on special teams. And I think kind of the same thing with Troy Reader. Like, I remember the, the discourse around that Rams defense when, you know, the Chargers hired Brandon Staley and then all these other Fangio defenses and stuff. Uh, And they they all went, well, they don't need linebackers. The Rams won the Super Bowl with Troy Reeder. Like, I remember that being the point that people made. (laughs) So I don't have uh, the highest hopes for these guys. This kind of feels like Albert Wilson and Ryan Connolly. It's like, all right, just a couple names. Yeah, good names. We're going to forget about by
0: October. Yeah, knew nothing about him. Looked up his PFF grades an hour ago. All I know is week 11 last year versus the Chiefs posted a 98.3 defensive grade, which... I don't know about you guys. It's literally the highest grade I've ever seen PFF give out to anyone ever. Almost a perfect score. 96.9 coverage grade that week. So, I mean, that'll be the first game I go flip on just to watch 5-10 minutes, Mm. see what he's doing over there. But outside of that, doesn't look like anything special in any specific categories. Feels like maybe a third down coverage linebacker can give you some pass rush abilities as well. And really just a guy to help get Hicks off the field where he was exploited so much in passing situations last year in general those pff grades are kind of all over the map just week to week and even year to year
1: yeah his uh his track record with the rams horrible as a rookie in pass coverage average in 2020 horrible again in 2021 and it's funny cuz he played t- two games last year for the chargers he played more than 20 snaps one of them he had the 98 grade luke which you mentioned and then the other one he had a 28.6 <laughs>
2: So yikes! Little little feast or famine. Um, single game PFF grades will do that. Even yeah. if you ask like PFF people about it, they're like, "Yeah, the single game grades get wonky because it's just too small a sample." Right?
1: Yeah, I I don't think this is even at the Nick Vigil level. Like that. That's I don't know what my little quippy name for it is. Like he has the the BB bar is Luke Bronze thing. I don't know if the Vigil the Vigil vector. Um, I don't think he. <laughs> I don't think he exactly reaches (laughs) that level for me.
2: That's fantastic. The vigil vector. Yeah, I love that. It's like, can you just be like just a guy and be on the field and Mm -hmm. be a dude? Or or are you going to struggle to like break a a starting lineup or even the roster? I love that. The vigil vector.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. You can use that. Um, I I don't know if like he's probably inside linebacker five at this point. But again, it's not that deep of a room. Troy dies in a contract year. Um, William Wankwu. So I mean he could make the team if someone gets hurt, but I'm not going to count on that. So those are your minor Vikings moves blown out of proportion. Today's show, and after this, we're gonna we're gonna get into this Hendon Hooker conversation. Luke Braun can you know, uh, you know s- send his all his arsenal our way, and Inman and I will put up our. And most of table. you can fast forward through it. I fully yeah, understand. I, we'll fight it out. Uh, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. March Madness is back today. Thursday, yes, you can get in the action with that FanDuel Sportsbook app. If you're a new customer, get a no-sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just download that app, which is safe, secure, so easy to use, so easy to get in the action with hundreds of ways to bet on college basketball, NBA, NHL, the Masters coming up. Get a future bet in. Mine's on Tony Fee now. Um, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. You can do that as well. Check out FanDuel.com slash locked on for your no sweat first bet for new customers up to a thousand dollars back in bonus bets. If that first bet doesn't win FanDuel.com slash locked on make every moment more with FanDuel. All right. And this has become a daily staple on the Minnesota football party. It's the <laughs> Hendon hooker segment. Um, Luke Edmund and I are becoming the most vocal Hendon Hooker apologists. This goes back for for Inman to our early draft shows. This is like January, Luke, where you were pounding the table. I don't know if it was well, first round, but you were saying Hendon Hooker is a dude.
0: No, he um, he was that classic. You're watching college football in November and you're like, this is going to be my favorite day two quarterback. And it's just funny because every year there's always a quarterback like Carson Wentz or Baker Mayfield. You end up saying that stuff early in the process, and then they end up going way earlier in round one just because the league values the quarterback position too much to let guys like that slip that far. And I just feel like Hooker's going to be that guy this year, even with the age and the injury and everything else. Originally, you thought, okay, day two guy. I just don't think that's going to be the case.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I think it gets very real for teams like when Tennessee takes Will Levis at 11 and suddenly the next best quarterback on the board is either Hooker or Tanner McKee. Like it does get very real for all these teams that would like a quarterback to say, oh, man, shoot, Um, we kind of need to get somebody. But anyway, we'll give it to Luke Braun. People know our opinion on this. Luke Braun, you did an entire show rebuttaling our opinion on head and hooker. Um, people can go watch that show. So but give us the
2: cliff notes. Why do you want to uh, crap on our dreams? <laughs> uh, be- because you should dream higher. Uh, <laughs> you come up with more ambitious dreams. Uh, here's, so Hendon Hooker, at least last time there was a consensus board uh, from The Athletic. He was 71st on that. So this that's a third round dude. And he is not right now on grinding the mocks because he has not made the first round in enough mocks and mock drafts aren't going deep enough yet to get him on ground. So like him in the first round is a very spicy take, which go ahead, have your hot take. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess there's kind of two ways to engage with this. Either I could argue against, no, he's not a first round quarterback, which is a a very room temperature take. (laughs) You guys might be the only people in the world who have him in the first round. And that one Daniel Jeremiah mock that has people all whooped up. Uh, and the other thing is the kind of what you alluded at, which is, well, he's not a first round quarterback, but he might be what's available. So that should take him at 23, which is a, a sort of a separate like value conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess there's kind of, that's kind of two paths. I don't think he's a first round quarter. I have a fourth round grade on him, um, because I think he's, he tops out as a backup quarterback in the league, maybe. Uh, And there's also a chance that he just flames out Kellen Mond style. I'm not, I I get with quarterback like values very high, but I'm, I'm not taking a guy who's that likely to that unlikely to be a contributing member of my team before day three. I'm not, I'm not doing it. Um, but also the idea that, well, you know, you got to just take a quarterback. I don't know. This is (laughs) is why I tweeted the other day. Like I could take a dump in a box and market quarterback. That doesn't make it a good draft pick. Um, because if you take a quarterback in the first round, that will preclude you from taking a quarterback in the first round in other times. It shouldn't. Um, and, you know, take a quarterback in the first round every year. And, and there's a argument for that, but nobody does it. Nobody does it for a reason because as a GM, you kind of get your chance to get your guy and th- that guy either flames out or he's good. And your, your career kind of lives and dies off of that. Um, but it's just kind of the way it works in the NFL. You know, you go grab your Mitch Trubisky and you're not going to go back to the draft the next year and start saying, well, well I don't know. Maybe we should take Josh Rosen, you know? Um, and, and I think Josh Rosen is, is that extreme of an example where then the, the Cardinals were one overall. And I think when you're one overall, you can kind of rethink that a little bit. And I think maybe that'd be a pretty good way to, to go be one overall is to draft tendon hooker and start him all year.
0: I'm curious what, your ideal game plan would look like, I guess, if you're quasi or KOC, just thinking about the long term, just given where we're at right now at 23, all those big other quarterbacks are going to be four guys long, are gone. You're more prone to saying, you know what? Let's not force it this year. Let's just wait until next year anyways. Exactly. Yeah, I get it. He would have been able to sit behind Kirk. He's coming off the ACL anyways. Kind of works out. But he's just not at that level as far as just and a draft grade goes. You're more prone and, and to you're Hucker, leaning into let's wait until next year and see what we got then. Uh, yes, draft. I'm saying.
2: And and maybe in day three, you know, I'm looking at that, that uh, Dorian, Thompson, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. There are other quarterbacks you could maybe say, oh, let's take a stupid swinger on, on somebody like maybe take a flyer. But in the first round, it's like, all right, whatever. I'm taking a corner and we're doing this in 2024. The framework of Kirk Cousins, contract is laid out so that I can add a year to it. And that actually does help the cat in future years a little bit because of the way that that works. Um, so I'll, I'll tack another year on to Kirk cousins deal. If he's interested in that and we can kind of be right back in this situation this time next year, where you've got Kirk cousins on the last year of his deal. And we are looking to see if we can't do better and get a quarterback this time. Um, that would be my deal. And honestly, there is like, it's one thing, you know, Hey, Anthony Richardson, he's not better than Kirk cousins right now, but he might be in the future. Mm -hmm. I don't see that ceiling with Hendon hooker because what, is making him bad right now <laughs> is something I don't think is going to develop. You know, with Richardson, I think it's going to develop. Even what? with Levis, who's only a year younger than <clears> Hendon <throat> Hooker, I think that there's a chance that it develops. I think that's why those guys are consensus first round picks. And, you know, and then somebody like, like Thompson Robinson, he doesn't have anything, but, you know, ah, young tools, we'll, we'll see what happens. But with Hendon with Hooker, from what I saw, it seems to me like he's a guy that was bad for four years, and then in his fifth year, in an act of desperation, his coach put him in a Mickey Mouse offense that asked him to do the only two things that he's good at, uh, and people are mistaking that for like a genuinely complete quarterback, and he just isn't. And that kind of Mickey Mouse offense doesn't fly in the NFL. so. So what you
1: was, put him in the what NFL. was bad about and I'm gen- genuinely asking, what was
2: bad about his 2021? Because the production was not bad. I I was told his 2021 was a disaster and that I shouldn't judge him on it. So I watched only 2022. Did I make a mistake there? I I mean, I don't know.
1: I, I, from, from the productivity was phenomenal. So like, so clearly, so, so what you're saying is, is that the 2022, he had the same productivity, but did it more aesthetically
2: like that? That's what I'm hearing. Um, Because the numbers, I don't know about his 2021. I would have to go research that because I was I was told that his 2021 he should not be judged. It would be unfair to judge him on his 2021. So I just I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, you know. I Um, just
0: want to go back real quick, and then Sam, I know you kind of want to touch on this too. Just as far as there is a little bit of pressure trying to get a guy in here now, because for me I I get a little worried about continuing to extend Kirk. I just don't know if that's the answer. Paying him 40, 45 mil fully guaranteed. You know he's not going to take anything less because I just. don't know how you continue to rebuild a team that's going to be able to compete with what the lions are doing and the packers when you have to spend that much money on your quarterback year after year after year it's just hard to build great teams around those guys when you're paying your quarterback that kind of money just playing devil's advocate with myself you don't just force a quarterback just to force a quarterback and maybe you wait until next year and again you, you just kind of reevaluate at that point and see what your options are but if you plan on going eight wins nine wins like i think they do you're probably not going to be in a great position again next year to go get one of those top tier quarterbacks. So eventually when do you just pull the trigger and try to get KOC to buy in and say, there's enough tools here. No, it's not Josh Allen tools, but there's enough tools here to at least develop something here into a starting quarterback one or two years down the road.
2: Yeah. And and I think in general, the idea of a quarterback that you can develop is definitely a viable thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think Hendon Hooker is that guy. I just don't see him playing out in in the NFL. And, and I can talk traits a little bit more than just like, you know, production in which year was better. Um, you know, there is stuff that he can do. He can throw a mean go ball. I love the go ball. I love that there's some rhythm skinny post stuff that he did against Alabama. That was really good. Um, I think his actual throwing mechanics, his, his lower half is really still um, I love that kind of long loopy release he has on, on longer go balls that kind of make them rainbow and they land in a really good spot. Like there is good stuff there. Um, but I am very concerned that a quarterback who has started for five years in college is still making half field reads and is still, you know, not looking at the full field is still not really able to rescue a pocket, but you know, once there's a little bit of pressure, eyes drop and he's got to scramble. To me that's a huge concern, and somebody who has that much experience like it's really hard for me to believe that just sitting for year six oh year six was the one where he really learned everything like that it feels like if he doesn't have it by now, when's he gonna get it and then, for how good his mechanics are, he is not as accurate downfield on some of the middle throws on the seams, the posts he'll miss some of those ugly and missing quick game is what really did not sell me on him. Like if you compare him to like Levis, who is a little older and also has some accuracy issues, but Levis is rock solid on quick game. So if you're a team that doesn't have a quarterback, like the Colts and you want to go get Will Levis, you can run a sort of West coast, spready dink and dunk, get the ball out quick kind of offense, kind of like what the giants did last year. You can do that. And he can operate that while he develops other things or, or see if he learns other things, he can kind of be his own training wheels with Hendon hooker. The offense you have to run for him to be his own training wheels is completely untenable. It's bubble screens and, and, and go balls. It's like something we would have seen out of bill Musgrave against the Packers in 2012. Um, that just does, it doesn't work for me. So like, I don't see the development track. If you want to talk about the general idea of, Let's bring in a quarterback, and you know we don't need. I don't think we need to pick Hendon Hooker at 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 twenty three to get him, but I don't think we need to get, you know, spend the first round pick on any of these guys. You can wait till till pick one sixteen and see which one of these you know raw dudes is still on the board because they're so raw right now that people aren't going to say this is my first round quarterback. You know, this is where this you know Malik Willis fell to the third. You know, um, so I, I think. If we want to talk about a mid-round quarterbacks, ah, shoot, we struck out on the four guys. Let's see if we can't get a random developmental kid in here. Maybe he's way better than we thought. He has this awesome camp, and maybe we strike gold. And then if not, we we go take a look at this in 2024. Maybe we don't even extend Kirk Cousins. If you're uncomfortable with that, let him hit free agency, and now we're just a QB needy team headed into the draft. You know, we can go trade the farm, get up to a to a top pick if we don't have one already. Um, You know, do what the Panthers did, and then, you know, have our guys. But I think it's with quarterback, it's, it's, it's go get your guys, Luke. It's pick a guy and, you know, who, who, who are you in love with? And then move mountains to get him, not who is going to be available where I'm at and how can I, you know, come to grips with that. No, it's, man, I am in love with Anthony Richardson. I'm getting him. I'm doing everything I can to go get him. That's the strategy that, that I want them to take. Um, quarterback, I don't think, is a position where you go for opportunism. It's a go get your guys kind of kind of game.
0: Yeah, no and you know really I remember. love that Luke, you know it. I yeah. and I would love to hear I know. them. You I pointed. would love to hear whispers <laughs> saying, you know what, they're packaging something crazy. We talked about the trade scenario oh, yesterday are. on the Mailbag edition with Reggie Wilson about 2018 when the Bills traded up from 12 to 7 or 8 with Tampa to go get Josh Allen. People forget Three weeks before that, even before draft weekend, they had traded Cordy Glenn, the left tackle, to move up from 20 to 10. So maybe there's a, you know, Zadarius Smith or a Dalvin Cook package that can get him up because it's going to take a lot to get all the way up into that range but I would love for them to go swing for the fence on a guy like that because I totally get the takes where you're coming from. You don't want to settle on such an important position just given where you're at. The issue I have is next year when they win eight or nine games again, you're going to be in the same position. So at what point do you go get your guys and make a swing for it? Because I think you're right.
2: It's it's when you're in love with one of them Mm -hmm. and maybe they're in love with. I I, My guess is they're in love with Levis just because Kevin O'Connell's got so many friends at Kentucky. There's even Mm -hmm. some whispers of that. Mm -hmm. If I had to guess, I would guess that they're in love with Will Levis and I would Not be surprised to see them do Mm. exactly that, but maybe they're in love with the dude who's coming out next year, and and, of the four, get that uh, guy,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah. Of the four, of the big four, he would be the most realistic to be able to still get at seven, eight, nine, ten, something like that, too. So, um, yeah, because moving into the top three, now you know for sure the first two picks are going to be quarterback. Colts are either going to have to move up or stay put. They're going to take a quarterback to get into that top four picks. I mean, it's it's a king's ransom doesn't even do it and not, not coming yeah. all the way from 23 with no second we, round pick. It just makes things tough for sure. We,
2: we did on uh, Locked On NFL when the Panthers traded up with the bears, like mm-hmm. I, I was on lockdown NFL that day with Lauren Cox, who, who uh, does lockdown bears. And I was just, we just went down the draft order and I just said, okay, does this team take a quarterback Panthers? Yes. Texans? Yes. Cardinals? No. Does Who takes a quarterback? And we realized that we got three quarterbacks going in the top 15. Because there's just so many teams like the Eagles are not taking a quarterback. You know, the Packers, we know they're not taking a quarterback. It's like maybe the Titans do. Um, it, we, we got all the well, way down to
0: Detroit could be in the mix. Probably yeah, not and Seattle we, more so, but Detroit could be there's you're right. right there's like not a lot of for sure things, but there is a lot of maybes. Like you said, Tennessee as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Detroit has two picks, Tampa Bay. What do they want to do? Seattle has two picks. Do they decide to do it on the second go around? Uh, right. Ravens, are they moving on They're from left. Lamar? All right. What are they going to do? Um, uh, so there's I a lot think of maybe get up to
2: four. I think Mm -hmm. you get up to 10, you get the fourth quarterback off the board, whether that's Levis or Richardson, if that's the guy you wanted or isn't he, you know, maybe Levis is off the board at four to the Colts and they're not into Richardson and they go, all right, we're just going to sit and take a corner. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I don't think you have to move all the way up to like four to get a quarterback. Uh, And if you do, then, all right, well, then maybe that just isn't in the cards this year and we can wait for a year when quarterbacks don't go one, two, three, four.
0: (laughs) But again, bigger picture, like you said, who's your guy who's the guy that you fell in love with and then where do you project he will go not just all right do we got to move up to the top five just to take a guy who is the guy that they love would be very interesting to see if they love will levis
1: they met with levis and
2: richardson at the combine correct uh
1: Uh,
0: i believe so yeah that sounds right yeah that
2: sounds right i have devastating news just broke as we record wait i've got the uh sound effect Duke, wait, is it Duke? I'm Duke Shelley. Who? Raiders. Duke. That's
0: crazy. How do you not bring that? La- I- hmm. Interested to see That's the truth. I'm
2: so, so bummed.
1: That's a bummer. So we talked about this yesterday. This is big. This is big. Um Duke Shelley in half a season was a top ten cornerback in the NFL last year. Um I, I looked at some comps contract wise to figure out okay what what is he waiting for money money wise? What do you think he he um would get? And I, I think that it probably would be fair to pay him about four million, five million dollars a year, like high-end. Um, two years, eight million, I think would have been a fair deal. If you look at the Sean Murphy bunting contract, he made five. Um Duke Shelley hasn't done it as long as murphy bunting but he was really good last year so it's kind of tough to evaluate but i i would guess four to five million a year is his max value um and i am honestly surprised that this didn't get done with with minnesota this this could be kind of a and maybe they didn't want him for whatever reason i thought he would have been a fit um with the flores kind of style um a quick quick reaction here inman what
0: do you think about this Ah, uh, super bummer. I mean, not only just, what a great story, by the way, too. One of the better stories last year, too, on the Vikings roster. One of the rare defensive gems they found on the defensive side of the ball, too. And you just look at not only the talent, you plucked him over from Chicago, from the division. He ends up panning out when you throw him in there. But, the need at cornerback they just need bodies back there and in today's day and age the way teams pass the ball the way teams spread you out three four five wide if you don't have three good cover corners you're in trouble and they just needed more bodies back there for the price I thought he would have been just the ideal no-brainer solution to bring back at least one more guy in that secondary uh, pretty bummed out to see him uh, land elsewhere very interested and intrigued what these uh, contract numbers look like that's for sure mm mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, will see. I, I'm going to guess it's a little cheaper than what Sam said, just because I still think that he's a guy you're not 100% bringing in to start. You're bringing him in probably to compete for a start, which is what I thought he earned. Um, but it wasn't, I, I love what he did, especially as a backup, but like he did have, he did have the playoff game too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah yeah five mil seemed a
0: little high when you said it i don't know three and a half, four. One year like three and
2: a half like maybe not a lot of it guaranteed or some incentives or something if there's other years probably not a lot of guaranteed money on it um but he's kind of a okay let's bring him in to compete with the young guys kind of dude and they still need one of those and there's lots of other guys like that but none of them are duke man
1: so i mean i I kind of had him penciled in in my mind. I thought that okay, Duke Shelley, yeah. and, and like we, we all, all do. Like it.
2: we'll bring back P two, we'll bring back Duke. Yeah. That'll happen. None of it happened.
1: Yeah, and I I would have rather honestly brought back Shelley than Peterson. To be honest with you, like I just knowing what Peterson for the would price, cost, like yeah, and, price. yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Taking into account price, taking into account the scheme, non fit with Peterson kind of asked to play more man. I wanted Shelley, man. So now mm-hmm. it's Murphy, Evans, Booth. Um, futures contracts (laughs) and futures and draft this the the cornerback situation looks even bleaker Um, good thing we didn't get to this part of the show because I I did want to kind of talk about the remaining free agents and who you would retain this changes that equation but why don't we get into that after I remind folks uh, to subscribe to Luke Inman's newsletter the NFL draft buzz newsletter locked on podcast.com slash newsletters to subscribe it's the biggest stories in the nfl draft world top five rankings and everything from the mind of the spinman that's locked on podcast.com slash newsletters how was that luke for a promo pretty good
0: that's about an eight and a half sam pretty good Did you just come up with that top made of head. that up
1: oh, yeah top of head unbelievable top of head um time for a little
0: start the clock it's time to execute A four minute drill.
1: These are the remaining Vikings free agents now that Duke Shelley is off the market. Chandon Sullivan, Irv Smith Jr., Chris Boyd, and BC Johnson. Uh, Let's say you get two. Who would you retain? And you don't have to pick any
0: of them. Luke Inman, it was Duke Shelley with a bullet uh, again, just what we mm-hmm. talked about, not only from what we saw last year, but just you needed to fill that secondary with multiple guys. He was just no brainer. Honestly, Irv Smith was a guy just completely rode off as soon as the offseason started. No way been there, done that. Now, after seeing the Josh Oliver signing, and again, the way we talked about maybe leaning into the Shanahan offense, I'm afraid to admit it. I'm a little intrigued. I want to see how cheap of a deal maybe you could bring back Irv Smith. Just needs to stay healthy, but again, maybe a contributor in this new KOC offense that clearly wants to use multiple tight ends. Just thinking about him, Hawk, and Oliver uh, would give you so many new options. If he's too spendy, though, next guy would probably go BC. Tough between BC and Chris Boyd. You know, again, just another reliable number four wide receiver when healthy. Offer some more depth. Just get some veteran bodies back there in the passing game Chris Boyd again just balled out on special teams just need bodies back there and then who's left Chandon Sullivan he'd probably be last on my list yeah
2: Braun. uh yeah I it would have been Duke probably and then the rest of these guys I don't know take them or leave them but I'll say I'll bring back Chris Boyd and BC Johnson on minimums to to compete on special teams and you know get, get some wide receiver depth in there BC Johnson can make a team right sure um, Shannon Sullivan can go and Irv Smith. I think he, the, the way this tight end market goes, I think he's going to be a little more expensive than is worth it. The Vikings have Hawkinson. They have Josh Oliver. Uh, they have Johnny Munt. They have Nick Muse. They brought Ben Ellefson back. They had, that is a, uh, that room is finished. That's you bring that in the camp. You're happy. So I'm, I'm good with letting Irv Smith walk. I guess I'll bring back, uh, Chris Boyd and BC Johnson on the minimum. Uh, that doesn't get close to my four, million dollar budget but i'll i do not know i'll go spend the rest uh at the mall or something
1: <laughs> i didn't realize johnny munt had a two-year deal i thought he was a free
0: agent for sure you're right um, spend the rest on greg joseph bonus money come on i was told yeah he was uh, bad greg what joseph
2: in, he's, they, they brought him bottom five, five kicker was horrible. Baby. <laughs> by every measure bottom five kicker brought him back oh man oh man <laughs> i guess um, kicking regresses
1: hopefully we've we've got a very special guest he's calling in from the sunny state of florida it is host of the Ron Johnson show, Mickey Ron Johnson with the Mickey <laughs> Mouse shirt. He's he's still glowing from the aura of Kirk Cousins, who he ran into at the Marvel store. Ron, what's up? That's
3: yeah, really you know, nice. it, it's a uh, nice, sunny Orlando, Florida. Uh, yeah, I did run into Kirk Cousins, got a chance to chat with him a little bit. Uh, you know, he did say he was coming back for OTAs. We talked and then literally like as I'm having this conversation with the one, um, when there's two guys that are six, three, six, four, you know, especially a black guy, um, everybody's like, wait a minute, who who are these two guys? And I can see people start look. And then I realized, I'm like, you know what? My kids have never met Kirk Cousins. They met Justin Jefferson. They met Adam Thielen, CJ Ham, so on and so forth, BC Johnson. Uh, but they've never met uh, Kirk Cousins. And so as we're talking, uh, you know, we're talking about black Panther and, you know, the Marvel stuff. He's, cause he was in the black Panther section. Somebody, uh, pointed out, which I did know because he was, you know, he was his son, was actually um, five-year-old son was, I don't know the word used for this, but he's basically going to guilt dad into buying him everything from the Marvel store. And so, because uh, he earned it. <laughs> um, uh, and so then my kids come, you know, I go get my wife and kids and they come in and uh, and then, yeah, and then they get to meet Kirk Cousins. And it was, it was a cool experience, uh, you know, to, for them to do that and be, you know. So honestly, like Disney was fun for them. We did Hollywood Studios yesterday. Uh, don't remember... Tower of Terror being like it wasn't scary. Like I thought it was gonna be a lot worse than it was. Uh maybe because I was younger. Uh, I just it felt scarier, but it wasn't mm-hmm. scary at all. Um it does have some drops and I mean everybody knows the story, but it's not as scary as I thought it was gonna be. Uh but them meeting Kirk Cousins was definitely a highlight for the 2023 uh Disney trip. So that was uh that was fun.
1: That that is really cool. Um let, let me bring your, your mood down a little bit because we just got some breaking <laughs> news. Duke Shelley has signed with the Raiders. He will not be a Minnesota Viking, Ron. I think we were all counting on him to be back. Um, What do you think about Duke Shelley leaving us?
3: Uh, I mean, honestly, like I think the fans loved him. He came in and did a great job in the absence of Caleb Evans with his concussion stuff, uh, the the Cam Dansler injuries, uh, the 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 Andrew Booth Jr. injuries. But if if these coaches have scouted, which they have clearly, they drafted Andrew Booth Jr. They know what they have in the Caleb Evans. Um, I said it when they drafted the Caleb Evans on Vikings.com that I feel like at his size and his lankiness, um, he has the ability and the speed and explosiveness to make up. When there's bad balls thrown, I don't think Duke Shelley has that. Like, Duke Shelley is just always around. Uh, he was doing a good job. He was playing with house money. I mean, imagine going to Vegas and you can just bet whatever you want and there's no issues. That's where Duke Shelley was living in. He was living in that world of like, hey, this ain't my money. Like, I don't care if I put down a million on black. Like, it don't matter. Like, it's not my money. If I hit, I hit. If I lose, I lose. Either way, I'm, I'm playing with house money. And that's that's the kind of life Duke Shelley led uh, this season, which was great. Reckless abandon. Uh, but I think long-term, when these coaches know what they want and Brian Flores knows what he wants, I, think, I don't think Duke Shelley fits in the mode of what they want um they did go get byron murphy uh, caleb evans is still on the roster he's still under contract as well as andrew booth jr we saw caleb evans just tweet out a headshot of himself i don't know what's going on with that kid um <laughs> clearly he, he's trying to he's trying to be a fan favorite on twitter and instagram and he's doing a good job of it uh but he has said he's battled you know some issues online and you know he's learning which we've all been through this and we knew this already you know the Internet is a toxic place. And so if you allow it and read everything like and and I think he's a kid that needs to go zero dark 30 when the season starts, like don't read Twitter and Instagram because you're going to you're going to hate yourself and be mad at everything people say. So but no, I, I think Duke Shelley, congrats to him for uh, signing somewhere else. But I don't think he fit what the Vikings want to do.
0: Yeah, Ron, a lot of discussion about the Vikings being interested in a quarterback early in the draft this week. Daniel Jeremiah mocked him Hendon hooker yesterday. Charles Davis mocked him Will Levis today. What's just your ideal game plan or blueprint at quarterback for the Vikings look like? Is it bringing Cousins back as long as you can keep them around? Is it drafting a guy this year? Is it drafting a guy next year? Where do you stand when it comes to the Vikings game plan and future?
3: Uh, I don't You know, this is the one subject I really don't have an opinion on. I don't know. Um, the NFL is such a fickle place. Um, there's been so many quarterbacks. I mean, we got a quarterback coming out, uh, that hasn't played in years and he's calling every other quarterback randoms. Now, you know, Cam Newton's talking about 32 randoms getting jobs and y'all want to see, and I don't know if y'all saw this, but Cam Newton, like doing the like scramble drill it looked like me like it it reminded me of like me where in my (laughs) mind I feel like I'm running fast but then I'm not really running fast like I've videotaped myself running and I'm like man I am not moving as fast as my mind tells me my moving and I feel like that's where Cam Newton's at like he's a good quarterback he has an arm he can throw um you know there was some off target throws but when you watch him run it's not the cam that we're used to now again he's 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, 250 pounds probably. So it's not going to be as quick as he used to be. But when I think about the quarterback position, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. And, and, you know, and that's where Cam Newton comes in. It's like, well, you see Brock Purdy. You know, should the Vikings draft Mr. Irrelevant this year if it's a quarterback? You just don't know. I mean, honestly, the quarterback position is so fickle. Jalen Hurst got drafted to the Eagles, and everybody's like, oh, my God, why are we waste this pick? Now everybody's like, oh, my God, he's our savior. Like, you just don't know. And that's why, I mean, Will Levis – uh anthony richardson uh her uh, uh hooker hernan hooker you really don't know and that's the honest truth i i think whoever you draft the best thing about it they do go get a quarterback and here's the best thing and and people hate when i do this analogy aaron Rodgers, aaron Rodgers, and patrick mahomes got to sit for a year at mm-hmm. least aaron of course more but but got to sit for a year imagine if andrew luck rg3 all those guys got to sit and didn't get thrown into the fire um Andrew Luck, who who knows? You know, saying we're RG3, who knows? Like, because as the game catches up to him, like, you can surprise us at first with your athleticism, speed or whatever it might be, but then the game's going to catch up to you. What have you learned from the quarterback before you? And I think that's the bonus. And whoever the Vikings draft, they do draft the quarterback, he can sit behind Kirk Cousins for a year or two, learn the game, grow in the game, get smart in the game, and then step into that starting role in year three and not have that pressure. So, I don't know, but we'll see. mm
2: Ron, I was going to ask you, you uh, mentioned when CJ Ham got extended that this is kind of more of a 49ers direction. We were kind of talking about something like that earlier in the show, but I was wondering if you had any kind of specifics on that, like what kind of Kyle Shanahan stuff are you excited to see now that we've seen they get we've seen the Vikings get Josh Oliver and now they extend CJ Ham. Clearly, that's part of their plan moving forward. Um, What are you excited to see from that kind of offense?
3: Well, we saw it and i I think i've had, I charted this last year a little bit I'm gonna try to do a little bit more this year when the Vikings motioned last year and the games I kept track of I forgot which games it was in my notepad when they motioned and shift and x, y, and z, they were about like eighty two percent like as far as converting not first down but like five to six yards every time they motioned and shift it was like eighty two to eighty four percent I can't remember the exact number, and I just charted it because I wanted to see. The games he did it, how they were dominating, how Justin Jefferson was wide open, how K.J. Osborne was wide open, how Adam Thielen was coming open on the back end. And then it was almost like he got T.J. Hawkinson, and maybe he didn't want to confuse T.J. too much and, and wanted to simplify the offense a little bit, and he got out of that. Like, you didn't see it as much with Hawkinson in the game. You saw basic shifts where tight ends moved, or maybe the tight end switch sides and then a the receiver motion. But, like, I mean, you got to think about the Justin Jefferson wide open touchdowns. It would be a guy shifting, two guys shifting over here, one guy motioning back. One guy coming up and then coming back. Quarterback walks up. He walks back. There was a lot of change in that offense. And that's what you see with the 49ers about 80% of the time. And granted, they're trying to get Debo Samuels in some type of mismatch, or George Kittle in a mismatch. That's what I expect to see. You give T.J. Hawkinson a full year. You got the the, the fullback now with C.J. Ham. You got the other tight end from the Ravens. You can trust to be in the game and block. I think that was the problem with the other every other tight end other than T.J. Hawkinson. I don't think the Vikings had trust in him. And and that's the key thing. You only get about sixty-five plays a game. And if I'm gonna give you six and you screw up, you're screwing up ten percent of my game. So how can I trust you with ten percent of my game where that ten percent can be make or break for our season? Which you look at the Giants game. Uh you look at, you know, some of the drops Irv Smith have where you're like, Oh, if he just catches that, who knows what happens in this game. Um, I think those are the things that that Kevin O'Connell wants to get to and with the 49ers, the biggest thing, too, is when their sets are two tight ends and a fullback, running back, receiver, or two receivers, because Debo's technically the running back, two receivers, three tight ends, It's it's you don't know what you're going to get out of it. You don't know if it's going to be a run play, a pass play. They go one running back, two tight ends, two receivers. Same thing. You can bring that big uh, Josh Oliver back into the backfield and be your fullback. You can take him out. You can have CJ Hamm in the backfield. You can motion out TJ Hawkinson as your second receiver, just like they do George Kittle and say, hey, who are you going to cover with George Kittle? Is it going to be just your cornerback? Are you going to man up TJ Hawkinson with a 5'10 cornerback? Let's go. And I think that's what Kevin O'Connell wants to get to is how can I get my guys and let Kirk Cousins pick the best matchup based off what the defense gives them? And if they go nickel, because they're like, look, Hawkinson's killing us, Jefferson's killing us, we got to go nickel, but I still have my bigs in. Now I'll just run the now ball down the throat yeah. because you can't like oh, a, imagine a nickel corner trying to set the edge on Josh Oliver <laughs> or CJ Ham running at him. Like you're not going to set the edge. You're going to have to duck and cover and just pray to God. And that's why the NFL <laughs> took the submarine out of that from the defensive backs. And that's why Cam Bynum or Cam, uh, what's his name?
2: Dantzler. That's how he got hurt, right?
3: Cam Bynum? No, no, no. Dantzler got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt trying to submarine and the tackle absolutely almost tore his kneecaps apart. And so when you look at that, that's why the NFL took that out of the game. One, to protect the the, the players on both sides because you're you're not going to end up in a great position trying to submarine just to stop the lead blocker. You got to take him on like a man, get ran over, and then let the next play happen. And that's where I think Kevin O'Connor wants to get to because you don't re-sign a fullback to cut him. I mean, honestly, you don't. You don't give him a two-year extension just to cut him. Now, unless he sucks in training camp, which he's not um so that that bodes well bodes well for uh what they're trying to do you know they're trying to they want to run the ball more they don't want to always be in passing situations they want to get six yards on first down in the run game because now second and four my playbook's yeah. wide open I can run a screen I can pass I can short game it I can go deep because I know I have third and four coming up and so I, I think that's what Kevin O'Connor wants to get to their first down runs this year were not great and I think that's the problem
1: Ron I got one more for you Kirk Kirk related Vikings have kind of created this, this contract situation with Kirk where they're kind of letting the clock run out. They, they did not give him the extension. And really, for the first time in Kirk's career, he didn't get what he was looking for. He didn't get that extension. He didn't get the extra guaranteed money. Um, I'm curious how you think he's going to respond this year if he feels like it's his last year in Minnesota. Maybe there's competition, breathing down his neck, some rookie quarterback that they pick. How do you think Kirk is going to handle that kind of new situation to him?
3: Man, this dude has been a Wakanda. So the fact that Kirk Cousins is a Wakanda Knight, like his family <laughs> watches Black Panther, <laughs> like that ain't going to bother Kirk Cousins, man. Like, have you ever seen anybody with vibranium ever be deterred from what they're trying to do? Um, honestly, no. though, but, you know, when you look at Kirk Cousins, Michigan State, uh, he's been through it at Michigan State. My first game on the Big Ten Network was Michigan State, first oh, crap i can't remember it was like south dakota state maybe it was the you know those early three games or whatever but i had michigan state i think like south dakota state maybe or somewhere. Or i don't know one of those schools and Kirk cousins I, and i tell me and Kirk cousins connected like years ago on this story i'm like dude my first big 10 game color analyst was your game and he had to split time with uh nichols keith nichols had come from i think oklahoma and he was the oklahoma quarterback transferred to michigan state and so everybody, you know, just like when Jalen Hurts trained, everybody's like, oh, man, we got the Oklahoma quarterback at Michigan State. He's going to give Kirk Cousins a run for his money. And so early in the season, they were going with a two-quarterback system. They were letting Keith Nichols get his time. They were like, by the end, if you guys don't remember, Kirk Cousins threw a Hail Mary to Keith Nichols, and they, like, won, I think, the Big Ten Championship or something one, won. Like, Over Russell because, Wilson, right? Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, because Keith Nichols, the quarterback that was supposed to take Kirk Cousins' job, had to go play receiver. So I, I, I think Kirk Cousins has ice in his veins, not on purpose. I think he's just a true, like, dad that i don't care i mean if you see him walking around disney like he doesn't walk around like my wife said it. i mean i'm bigger than kirk cousins just like why but he doesn't walk around on his tippy toes trying to look six four six five trying to let people know he's there you know he's just a nice quiet guy just walking through disney and uh he just happened to walk past me and, and you know when somebody looks at you like you look familiar and then you look at them and i was like and i, I was like no nah, that can't be that can't be kirk cousins and so then i that's how that started i was like he looked at me and i looked at him and i'm like all right. And I kept going. And then I turned around like, wait a minute, that that might be. And so I'm like, Kurt. And he turns around and we start talking. And so just even talking to him about OTs and all the stuff like I don't think he's worried about that, to be honest. I mean, and when you've made what, 200, over 200 million dollars, maybe or one hundred eighty million dollars, like who cares? Like you want my spot? Come take it. Like, you know, what I mean, that's that's <laughs> that's that's how the Black Panther sat on the throne. Like, hey, you want to be the Black Panther. You got to challenge me. Come take it. Like, I don't care. Like I'm the king of Wakanda. Like I mean, and that's that's where I think Kirk Cousins stands.
1: Kirk Cousins, <laughs> king of Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Excited to get Kirk on the pod for you guys to nerd out about Marvel. That's going to be great. That's going to be a must see episode. Yeah,
3: I got oh, I got yeah. to figure that one out. Yeah, he did DM me and we we kind of chatted on DM for a little bit. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm playing it cool. I don't want to just rush in. Like, hey, hey you want to go out on a date? Like, you know, mm-hmm. playing it cool. So we'll see. Yeah.
1: Yep. For sure. Ron Johnson, everybody at three. Ron Johnson on Twitter. He hosts the Ron Johnson Show, which is Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays roundtable on Fridays. Ron, good stuff. Enjoy the sun. Enjoy the family. All right,
3: I will appreciate it.
1: You bet. All right, I give you guys the choice. Do you want to end with party fouls, or should we end with our number one Vikings draft crush?
2: I vote draft crush. Because Let's go with the crush. Let's let's go with the
1: crush, foul. draft crush. Let's mix <laughs> I it up crushes.
0: today. I, I didn't have a party fall locked and loaded anyways, so that kind of works out. Let's, let's do it. A crush. Yeah,
1: sounds good. Sounds good. All right, your number one Vikings draft crush. It can be first round. It can be late rounds, uh, but you got to pick one. You got to pick one. You can't, can't hedge your bets. You got one guy that you're going to pound the table for.
0: Um, let's go with Inman. Are you saying that specifically to me? Cause you know how hard it is for me to just <laughs> narrow in on one big guy time. That was a big and time steal sub- all team. your great guys. I've burned you guys so many times. Like, oh, Inman just took half the list. All right. Well now I don't know what to do. I can mute you. Uh, yeah, I can uh, mute you. Okay. I'm good. All right. Uh, Devon <laughs> Witherspoon. Play
2: you off like it's the Oscars.
0: <laughs> Devon Witherspoon, cornerback Illinois. And two how? months ago, I- I'd probably He's said no way he falls to the Vikes. But after he showed up pretty light to the combine actually, and just given everyone's love for Christian Gonzalez, which totally justified and Joey Porter Jr. as well, by the way. There's always every year a guy like Kyle Hamilton last year. You say it's just out of this world. There's no way that he's going to fall this far that he does. And Witherspoon could be that guy now. Maybe the best click and close from a cornerback I've seen in quite some time. Outstanding coverage skills. Think he's going to be a true cornerback, number one potential guy. Leave him out on an island kind of guy. And again, don't love that he showed up only 180 to the combine. Sometimes, though, you just got to trust the tape. I think he just checks all the boxes, man. His tape's outstanding. So. So if him coming in light means he could slip an extra five, 10 spots and fall in the Vikings lap, then so be it. I'm all for it. He's my biggest draft crush outside of the quarterback conversation. That is,
2: I was going to okay. say Devin Witherspoon. Were I'm you so really? in love with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Is he good? Do I could think not he care could less. slip a
0: little bit. Are you hearing the same? I mean, Gonzalez is cornerback. I, mean, so I, yeah, I, I think, I think I, that's it, stamped. It,
2: it kind of depends on like, who takes a corner and what they want cuz if yeah. you want some, the, the most physical corner in the draft instead then Joey Porter is going to go and right. Pick if your you know if you're, yeah mm-hmm. if you're if you're a cover 3 team then maybe you take Gonzalez instead and like and then maybe mm-hmm. he's the third corner off the board and you're sitting there at 15 going wait a minute <laughs> you right know? and there's there's a quarterback left and there's a couple wide receivers that are super exciting um god I was going to say him I could go with Joey Porter Jr who I don't have very far below him I'll go with him that's the guy I said yeah uh, I also am crushing really hard on Joey Porter Jr. I love it. I forget who said it. Where I saw it. somebody tweeted that it's like if Joey Porter had a son and that son played cornerback. That's my thought <laughs> <comp> for him.
0: <laughs> that would be uh, him. Obviously, that would, that's you, not the you, case, but that would. Yeah, be him. but it,
2: you know, hypothetically, right,
0: right. In but he's theory. so
2: physical. Like he's such a bully. He's I love great. how many times I watched on his tape him taking a wide receiver who was just trying to run a go route with an outside release and saying, you want to release outside me? You can release all the way outside me and just push him all the way out of bounds.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> now so he's fun. not eligible.
0: It's so, so fun. Cool.
2: Yeah. And, he's and, such a and what he's worries me gone. though, you
0: know, you look at teams like, you know, 10 through 22, almost all of them, 90% of them, you could all justify taking a cornerback. Philly at 10, Houston, uh, okay, maybe not the Jets. New England, they're always in play. Washington, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Tampa, Seattle, Chargers, Baltimore. I mean, that could be where this run starts at cornerback. Gonzalez, yeah, top 10 for sure, but outside of that, the run could start there. So So rarely is,
2: is any team set. At that position, position. right? Yeah, you can never have enough corners. You can never have enough receivers. But here's what I'll say, too, with this class. You could get four of these guys off the board and still sit there and be like, well, I'll take Cam Smith Mm -hmm. at 20. Like, there's, I think there's still corners. Deontay Banks. Yeah, Deontay Banks. Like, I think there's absolutely enough corners in this class where there will be somebody available at 23 who you will be okay with taking as a corner. And if not, then it probably means an insane wide receiver fell to you.
0: I will say, there's guys like Keely Ringo and Cam Smith. Just where I'm at in the process, still need to watch some more tape. Mm-hmm. They don't get me as excited as Porter Jr., or Devon Witherspoon. But as far as the depth goes, you're right. Tyreek Stevenson, Clark Phillips, Small, but man, feisty Emmanuel Forbes, Julius Brands, DJ Turner. There is tons of them. So even if you miss out right on the big three yeah. or four in round one, you know you decide. You know what? Maybe a wide receiver did fall in my lap. Still feel good in rounds three, four, and five, and getting some good, solid depth pieces in there for
1: sure. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out of the first round, and I'm going to label a guy that a lot of people would pick me apart for as well. Um, Andre Carter in the third round. I think on, I want the guy who's the Army Edge. Be, yeah, Army yep. Edge, who's six seven, and total, like, totally bombed
2: the combine. Right?
1: Totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, was it the combine or was it the the uh, Senior Bowl or both? Senior, um, bowl, he got he was bullied
0: around by guys bullied. like Juan yeah. Jones, who's the mm-hmm. biggest, literally the biggest human in this draft class, uh, maybe we've ever seen. I, honestly, longest wingspan we've ever seen. But yeah, not a great senior bowl. I don't think his combine was great though either. I I want the
1: guy who's going to get in an NFL weight room. Apparently, he didn't have time to like really work on his body too much or add weight because he was at the army. Like I guess his army responsibilities sort of limited his ability to really focus on everything football. I want him to get in a weight room. You don't need him this year necessarily. Put him in the, the early Daniel Hunter role where he's just a pass rusher. Don't ask him to, to stop the run. Let him bulk up. He's still super athletic. He's huge. Um, give him some time to build some strength. Get him in the third round and see what that becomes in 2024. That That is my like draft and stash pick. Um, that I think could be high,
2: high reward. Andre Carter. If we're going for a daniel Hunter, don't would, why, why don't we just get like a raw athlete? Like let, let's get like a Spark Score in here and have that guy, you know, spend a year. I guess I don't I don't know a lot about him, so I'm like legit asking like what is the the outcome that's like what's the really really positive outcome? What kind of edge rusher does that does that make him? Is it does do do we just assume he gets a lot more athletic just by being able to focus on it, not being like in the military.
1: No, I I think that he becomes a three down pass rusher if you get him in the bill. I think he can. I think he can pass rush right away. He's like a three four outside linebacker, but he can't. He's not okay. physical enough at this point in his career. Like he probably Do like bulk him up and put him in the Dean Lowry role. I don't know if he becomes Dean Lowry. I don't know if he moves inside. Okay. I just think you need it, you need him to be at least suitable to go up against heavy offensive tackles and to stop the run and to get off some double teams.
0: I'm just trying to find some some numbers from him and, and see when his pro day is. But, but, yeah third round i mean yeah you start to get into that range where you're throwing some darts up certainly i mean six foot six 256 long lanky you're right more of a just straight hill downhill guy but but three four fits that three four stand-up edge rusher guy and again for the third round i'm just very curious because you know in the middle of the college season last year had him going and round one since then the pre-draft process the last two three months is kind of his stock has just slowly started to dip doesn't mean he's going to be a bad player i mean there's plenty of guys who have bad combines for example still end up being a uh, really good nfl players so third fourth round yeah seems like that range starting to feel right for andre carter you're right sam
1: agility was great it's a very weird athletic score yeah um agility was great speed was super average explosion was bad and the size is great, but the strength was horrible. Like you think that an Army kid would be able to bench more than 11 reps? Nope. Yeah. Uh, so,
0: t- and, and yeah. he looked like that at the Senior Bowl, just for example, too. It's tough when you play for Army; uh, you're not necessarily going up the, you know, the stiffest competition in the world um, to really get a good gauge of what he's going to look like at, at the next level. But once you got him in front of NFL talent at the Senior Bowl, definitely got pushed around quite a bit.
1: Yeah. So I want, I I think there's a market inefficiency here. Like I, I I want the guy, I'm buying the dip. Mm -hmm. I'm buying the dip for a guy who was once a first round prospect. I also think there's a market inefficiency on Hendon Hooker. There's just not a lot of precedent for old, really like productive college. Like Brandon Whedon is the lone example.
2: And he Th- this does not help your case. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yes, Sam. Hey, cut it. Hey, the
0: cut it. it. <laughs> cut the cord. You do not
2: want people thinking about cut Brandon it. Whedon if you're trying cut to sell it. him on Hendon Hooker. <laughs> cut
0: it. Yeah, honestly, though, to your point, though, Sam, like I could care less about the age, honestly. 25, going to be 26 next day. Like we see quarterbacks now playing well into their late 30s all the time. Now the age isn't as important for the quarterback position, in my opinion. Leadership, far more important. And he's been checking all those boxes. When it comes to that, everything you hear from these team interviews thus far
2: with age there's a couple things that are like caveats that are important for one these are covid kids that might have declared like a lot of these kids might have declared earlier if it weren't for the pandemic Mm -hmm. so a a lot of times with an older player it's not like oh well how many years do they have left of their career it's well you know they're this much why why didn't they declare when they were a junior Mm -hmm. is it because they were bad and they were trying to get a better draft stock and are they actually you know that's the kind of implication um but with hooker for me the age doesn't like I would be okay with the age if I saw a little more from him on tape, or if I saw more room to grow on tape, but it does kind of feel like at this point he is who he is. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, compared to Anthony Richardson, who has accuracy issues as well, but we go, okay, but there's like a, you can see, well, what if he improves that part of his mechanics? What if he improves this? There's room to grow. And with Hendon hooker, I think the age is kind of just telling me, okay, this guy is who he is. And are you okay with that package being your start, being your franchise quarterback? That's especially if we're talking first round, that's what your, your, your standard is. Um, and that's where I I get a little worried. And that's why I don't think, even though, you know, I guess it helps you paper over the ACL injury, which doesn't bug me that much at all. It's a long-term decision and a short-term issue. Um, but you know, that's why him sitting behind Kirk cousins for a year doesn't do a lot for me. And we found out who all the Deandre Hopkins teams are. Apparently, and the Vikings aren't one. Not of them. not the Vikes. Yeah. Sad day. Yeah, or don't well, worry, we'll, Sam. Lock can we'll change
0: dust, here. You're we'll just like a, a, a draft prospects. Yep. draft stock right now. Mm-hmm. Ebbs and flows, my man. It's a fluid situation. Lock can change. You can bring the heat next week. Don't worry. All
1: right, I'll I'll be back on the Hendon Hooker train soon enough. Uh, I can't quit him. <laughs> I can't quit him. <laughs> Never give up. Um, Hendon Hooker, my friend. Uh, so let's uh let's reconvene next week. Arif Hassan should be back with us. It's the Minnesota football party on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Big thanks to Ron Johnson as well. He's Luke. He's Luke. I'm Sam. See you later.
3: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.
1: Download the Amazon Music app today.